0: memory, passion, alone,
1: mourn, guilt, loneliness, regret, peace, relationships, unfamiliar, if you put God first, you'll never be last. This is Grief at the Cookout, hosted by DiCarlo Raspberry. Hello family and welcome to Grief at the Cookout. Today I'm joined by Pamela R. Brown, Affectionately called on this podcast, <laughs> Auntie Pam. Pamela is an experienced mental health professional with over 20 years of demonstrated success as an author, impact leader, strategist, and human services practitioner. Professionally astute in human services, behavioral health, emotional intelligence, strategic leadership, capacity building, program design, and implementation. Pamela is the chief impact leader of Power Up Life Boss and the proud author of You Got This, a journal for intentional living, an executive director, board president, and graduate fellow of George Washington University and Lincoln University. And soon to be Dr. Pamela R. Brown studying at Morgan State University. Tune in to this wow, episode okay as auntie pam and i discuss the topics of struggles recovery and resilience in a new mental state of mind oh my oh my oh my (laughs) let me tell y'all something we have auntie pam back on the podcast for season two (laughs) it's so good to have you back thank you for coming back
0: I am so thankful to be
1: even invited to come oh, back. Oh, listen, we, I cannot do another. I cannot do this season without you. And moving mm. forward, I cannot do a season without you. Uh, your voice is so important. It's so impactful. Let me tell y'all something, y'all. We just sat here. We probably talked for about 20 minutes <laughs> cracking up. But let me tell you something. I had to hurry up and hit that record button because she started dropping some gems and I my pen wasn't ready. <laughs> that's we what we do that's what we do it's the cookout right <laughs> it's the cookout we bring it all to the table bring it we all Bring it all to the table now listen i don't know how you feeling today but you know i always have to ask in true grief at the what? cookout fashion what is your favorite cookout food today oh my goodness well mm-hmm. if we talked about food
0: in the literal sense Okay. I have, you know, let me tell you something. I if, if we had the cookout, I would love to have some grilled salmon Ooh. over a nice tossed salad. Oh, just for yeah. all, salmon, just grilled, maybe some grilled veggies to go with it. Mm-hmm. And then if I have to go to the cookout to talk about my mindset, I would Uh-oh. just have to say gratefulness. Wow. Gratefulness, gratitude,
1: and mindfulness. Mm. Mm. Oh, y'all not ready for today because I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. I like this. Gratefulness, gratitude, and mindfulness. And, and a nice, healthy salad with some grilled salmon on top? Yeah. Is there, is there a vinaigrette on top uh,
0: Let or? me tell you what what your auntie has gotten hooked on recently.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Raspberry vinaigrette. Oh, hello. Okay. Woo!
1: <laughs> Baby. It's good, though. It is good. It speaks to your soul. <laughs>
0: Fresh cucumbers and tomatoes and red onion And some Mm. grilled salmon. Mm. Now that's good eating at the cookout. Come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. (laughs) Listen, y'all, we're here to talk today about the new mental state of mind. Now, it may sound like, okay, what do y'all get ready to talk about? But. I brought Auntie Pam back on here because I wanted to really indulge this conversation of where we are in Black America, where we are as a people. Uh, even if you're not Black and you're listening to this, but where where is your mental state, and how can we better it? <clears throat> and I wrote a quote down, and concerning the mental state of mind. And it said, ending the stigma of mental illness, recovery, resilience, and struggles. How can we mm. end the struggles? How can we initiate recovery? And how can we stand in our resilience? Mm. So just with, with that, cause I, y'all better get mm. ready. <laughs> but just with that alone, Auntie Pam, My first question to you is, where, in your opinion, what do you think the state of mind of our people as a whole, where do you think we are? Mm. Well, first of all, your
0: question, um, that quote, and then I was actually trying trying to conceptualize that In the month of February, also being recognized as black history month. Right.
1: You, you understand where I'm going. Right. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) So, you know, black Panther fight the power. We got this. Let's go. But you know, that's just not, not for the month of February. Mm. That's who we are every day.
1: That's right. That's right?
0: right. So when you look at that, but you mentioned the word, how do we end the struggle?
1: Yeah. And
0: I thought about that, and I had to say to myself, are we really going to end the struggles, or mm-hmm. can we manage the struggle?
1: That's it. He, because the question because, is, look, do, does, it, does it really end?
0: Right, does it really end? Because, look, I mean, I know you have a vast listenership, but if i can just focus on the condition and the state of our people here in the united states
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a real question the struggle continues i mean i think back even when i was growing up as a teenager and hip-hop was really coming about and groups like one of my favorite groups was public enemy mm-hmm. public enemy because they dealt with the our mindset the consciousness they talked mm-hmm. about the awareness the value of who we are as a people and not to tolerate allowing people to talk to you any kind of way or treat you under any kind of way, but really preserving your mindset, but you don't leave it just in your mind. You do that. That's that emotional intelligence piece because Uh when you preserve your thinking and you manage your emotions, then that drives your behavior and it drives your thinking. Mm. So we got to recognize first, what are my emotions? What's, what's, what's going on? Marvin Gaye said, what's, what's going on?
1: That's right. So
0: that's where that mindfulness comes into paying attention to. We get so caught up in thinking about our future. We, you know, we haven't even gotten through today and we already worried about next week, the rents due (laughs) March 1st. I'm like, hold on a minute.
1: Let's deal with today. Because mm-hmm. so often I think, you know, and, and, and could this be a, a habit or a stigma within our own community and how we're raised to always think ahead? You know, I, I'm always guilty of that because I'm always like, well, if I plan for now, when I get to so-and-so, I don't have to worry about it because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, because in my mind it's already taken care of. But it's also one of those things where I miss out on living in the moment and enjoying the moment and actually living in peace because I'm always rushing and scrounging to make sure that this is done or that is done. And and here I am two months down the road, (laughs) two months, you know, before something needs to be done and I'm worried about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and you know what?
0: Planning is is good. We, I mean, let's mm -hmm. be real. We have to do that. We can't ignore that. Yes. You know, staying organized to the best that we can, you know, planning and preparation. The key is with anything striking that balance, not getting Mm. so caught up in the planning that we miss what's going on in the present. Yeah. Don't spend too much in the past because it's just that it's our past. You use that to propel you to go forward. But so Mm. many people say, well, I could have done. The past is that. And the one Mm. gift that we have that we better take better care of is time. Mm.
1: Listen, you already just started. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Come on here. Talking about time. You you right. Because we don't manage that well. We -mm. don't manage our time well. I, I mean, and I just sat here and I talked to you about, okay, this is what I would call my free time. But what am I doing in the free time? Am I feeding my soul? Or am I just in a state of no movement?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and I feel like we have to make a conscious decision on yes. what we're going to do to better ourselves and and so often we get pulled into the mindset of oh i should have did this so i could have done that or i should have did that or da, 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 you know etc 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 but we didn't make the conscious choice to say you know what i'm going to do this and i may not see a uh immediate return on Mm -hmm. what I'm putting forth into it, but I know that at some point there, there will be, and there, there will be a return, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think a lot of times we're looking for the immediate return. We're looking for something to automatically happen, you know, where we can say, okay, I did it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not what, what comes when you're, you know, moving forward and you're moving into the future, you know?
0: Right, and, and, and you, you hit it right on the nail because we have to be intentional about it. Yes, It's just like you think about maybe your work day mm-hmm. and you schedule this meeting and you schedule that meeting. The same process of being intentional and in scheduling those meetings, you need to insert time for self-care. You need yes. to insert time for doing, if you can, nothing at all. I realize that if the dishes are dirty, the clothes need to be washed, if I don't get to them, my world is not going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. So if I need to use my time for something else, it's okay. Oftentimes we beat ourselves up so bad. And, you know, it's okay. It's Mm -hmm. okay. Make time for yourself. Give yourself permission Mm -hmm. to be
1: good to yourself. Mm -hmm. And do you think that even with something, and I don't want to say it's minute, but something that is personal as these things of making time for ourselves and being kind to ourselves and making time for self-care and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that these things now bleed into how we deal with situations on the outer, outside of the personal life, in the workplace, socially, Mm -hmm. with relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, how do you think that, you know, that bleeds into that because I really want to hear what you're gonna say. Cause I know you're about to say something. <laughs> <laughs> ah look, y'all just look, don't let me, understand.
0: <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you what I had to learn the hard way. There is a two-letter word that is so powerful. Uh-oh. It's so powerful. It's only two letters, and that's No, come on. No, no. I had to realize I used to wonder why I get home. I'm so tired, and and then I I can't even get home because I got about two or three other things I got to do when I get off. I was like looking at taking a look back at what are you doing with your time? Wow. Mm. And I had to realize that it was okay to say no. Yeah, I can't be everywhere. I'm not mm-hmm. there for everybody. And it's mm-hmm. okay.
1: And it's okay.
0: And mm-hmm. it's okay. So that, like I said, that, that two letter word, that's what did it for me.
1: Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Cause it, it forced me to create balance in my life
1: mm-hmm. and, because, boundaries. You
0: know, and boundaries. <clears throat> that's right. And the, the power of giving yourself permission, not yeah. allowing other people to validate you mm-hmm. and to tell mm-hmm. you what's right and what's wrong or to make you feel guilty because you can't go here or you can't support them with that. No, you give yourself permission. And what is it? What's good for me at this time? That's right. Will that be that my answer is always going to be no? Maybe not. But when I'm mindful of what's going on with me today, that's what
1: my decision will be. Mm-hmm. And, these, and, and these are the inner workings of our mind and how we struggle with our own selves. Because there's, mm-hmm. there's an inner struggle, you know, mm-hmm. that therefore permeates to the outer exterior on how we deal with things. And and it's really important that we learn how to, like you said, manage the struggles. Because I I, I can even say for myself, you know, uh, where I am in my state of mind is very important. So that I know how to effectively fight uh, instance of injustice. So there's something that I'm dealing with. Of course, I can't really speak on the whole gist of everything, but there's something that I'm dealing with that was said about me that I am now going through the proper channels to make sure that a word like that, that was now said it was mistakenly used, does not happen to people coming behind me. Mm. You know what I mean? And so even now, like I've, for myself, I've always struggled with how to uh, how to say what I mean to say, but manage my emotions. What did you say? I wrote it right down here: preserve my thinking and That's manage right. my emotions. So I had to figure out, and this is something that I've learned over time through situations where I failed and where I've succeeded, you know, in certain situations, but. Right now, I'm so able to clearly state what is right, what is wrong, clearly read back your policies, okay, where I am able to preserve that thinking and be able to compartmentalize, do what is asked of me to do, do what my expectations are, you know, for myself and for the company, but then also I'm able to manage my emotions, and I think that's, a thing especially for black people that when we get into the workplace and we have to deal with the struggles of being black in a predominantly white institution or a predominantly white company where we still have to deal with the struggles. Yes. You know, they, it's not like they go away. I was talking to my, uh, I call her mom, but it, it's my best friend's mother. And she said, it's just amazing to me how we as a people, are still dealing with these issues and knowing the state of our country. And then, of course, we just happen to be in February. You know, it's one of those things where I have to be very clear and I have to use a lot of clarity. But if my mind isn't clear at home, how am I able to successfully yes. uh, manage and navigate a situation where, yes, I am fighting? But I don't feel like I'm fighting. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you always feel like you're on guard, You know.
0: Yes. You know, you got your armor on. Like, what am I getting ready to go into exactly.
1: today? Exactly. You know, so you exactly. you
0: you have you still on the highway, haven't even gotten there yet, or still on the subway. Yes. But your mindset, you're thinking about something that hasn't even happened yet. Right. And I and I appreciate you sharing that. Let me tell you this, and how we have to think as a people. Come on. I was in a leadership meeting not too long ago, and a colleague, um, of a Caucasian colleague, was having a hard time being a team player. But rather than taking ownership of her role, it mm. was pointing the finger at other people and how they were making her feel and she wasn't mm-hmm. feeling like she was a part of the team and what she was contributing to the team was being undervalued and so on and so on. And then she began to cry. And myself and other team members are looking around like, is she really sitting in here crying? And so then your, your auntie over here and I'm just like, now, if you're doing this amongst leaders, but how does your team the people that you manage the people that you supervise you're you're whining and you're crying so maybe that's the reason why you're getting the the behaviors or the attitude Mm. that you're getting because it's trickling down from the top right? right right but then i said to myself now if i was the one up here whining come on crying Come on. Pointing the finger at everybody not taking ownership of my thinking and and my actions. Yep. I would have been rigged up and by now exited out the door. That's right. I'm just going to keep it real. So we always feel like we have to go in prepared, even though you might want to cry, even though you might. So we have to create outlets like this. Our discussion this is an outlet finding that confidant that's an outlet Mm. because we I mean the reality is we can't do that yeah it's 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 just it's
1: we just can't but that's how we have to navigate and 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 that's how we have to navigate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. that's our reality so that's why it's so important and that's why I love these conversations that we're having because it's so important for people to feel empowered to identify support systems yes yes Ooh. you you can't you can't travel this journey all by yourself you don't even want to do this by yourself it's important and also when we're dealing with human beings you have to realize that they are human beings Stuff can happen, trust issues, people change over time, our tolerance levels. Remember that they're human beings. Yes. Because when we put people on a pedestal and then when something happens, we can't fall apart and we can't Mm. take ownership of somebody else's behavior Mm. or their thinking. All I can Mm. do is be responsible for myself. Mm. I can't take ownership of somebody
1: else. That's right. You can't. You can't. It's it's amazing. It's amazing to me because you know, even at at our big ages, (laughs) we have to find a new way to express ourselves in a way where it's effective, but not disrespectful. Absolutely. uh, Got to express how we're feeling and to express our distaste, you know, for something or something that we don't like in a way that uh, it could be effective for our race and for our people, because the way that I see it is, I see it as there are people that came before me. And they knock down the door and they kick down the door. It's people like you and what you have done for our culture and for our race that I am now able to do what I can do for our race. You know what I mean? And I feel like that, yes, sometimes we may have to be, um, I don't want to say an example, but sometimes we have to make decisions hard decisions that we may seem at the moment could be detrimental for us. But for the long run, for everyone coming behind me, if I have to kick down this door for me, I'm not just kicking it down for me, I'm kicking it down for everyone behind me, you know? But But right now in the state that our nation is in and in the state that we're living in, we have to fight, as my aunt would say, in black and white. You know, we have to fight in a way that is so effective that you're able to uh say, Well, this is what your policy says, this is what this says. Yes. And then you have to, in essence, flip the script and say, now, if it was so and so, they technically created this type of work environment, this type of workspace. You know what I mean? Yes. And so if she did that, then What is the consequences? And now consequences don't necessarily mean good or bad. These are just things that happen for a particular action. So it's all about how can you use what you know to effectively fight. And again, that leads back to our struggles because a lot of times we don't educate ourselves. I would hate to work at a place or a company where I do not know your policies so that in the time that I need to use <laughs> your policies, I can't yes. regurgitate that word that I know, you know, sitting in the orientations and sitting in this, well, this is what the handbook says, That's but right. this is not what you all followed. So who's at fault? You know, what are the repercussions for not following it? Because again, as you said, if it was me, <laughs> and I said what well, Susie said, or if it was right. me, and I acted the way that Carl did, and I threw a fit and tore up the office, or whatever what have you, then I would be on my way out with a pink slip. Out the door. <laughs> and and it's, is again, it is a, it's also educating ourselves, and I think that even as a people, we don't do that as well as we should, because I feel like some of us could be a little further along if we knew exactly how to work the system when the system fails us. That's right. That's right. And, and I mean, I'm
0: telling you, I think about just the power of documentation. Yes. Come on. The power of documentation from a leader's perspective as well as just the, the everyday Team member. Mm-hmm. It works wonders. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, you have that person that says at work, you know, here we go, the, the, the stereotype, black people, we're always late. Mm-hmm. Pam is always late. She's always late. So now you want to write me up. Mm-hmm. Rather than pointing out and using documentation to say to that person, You appear to have excessive tardiness as demonstrated on these particular dates. Mm -hmm. I can't argue back with that because that's documentation saying Mm -hmm. these were dates. But when we make these vast assumptions and Mm. placing people in categories and, and stereotyping, you're not giving people an opportunity. You're just lumping me over. You're just lumping me in but you haven't taken the time to get to know me. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. That power of documentation, document it, ask for a copy If you're signing something, I tell employees, if you've signed the contract, you make sure that you have a copy for yourself or you know how to access it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like you're saying policies, guidance, behaviors, then it's not my perspective. It's not my point of view. It's what the company's
1: policy That's right, is. because a lot of people can create biases, and that's what happens to us as black people, is we're already living in a world where we're dealing with uh, r- uh, racial discrimination and we're dealing mm-hmm. with people who are racist, okay, intentionally and some people that don't even know that they are being racist, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. But we're also dealing with microaggressions, and yes, then there are words that comes with the microaggressions. They are trigger words. And so it's important that we know exactly what the policy says because if you use words like these, these words are unacceptable for anyone.
0: For you know, anyone. and if we're
1: all working at the same company and it's and it's for everyone, then if you use it incorrectly or you use the word that you're not supposed to use, then there should be repercussions for it. But what Absolutely. happens is people create their own biases. I have not seen you since I've, I, I've not seen you in person since I did uh girls in Madison street. But at that time, that's when I met you. And then we connected again and, and, uh, you you were on the first season of the podcast, and then I spoke to you a few times in between then and now. My personal experience of you has changed. I And although we've only been in person once or twice together, but the conversations that we have, I have a better sense of the type of person that you are. I know that I can tell somebody, Look, we we have Auntie Pam coming on the podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So now I have more of a view of who you are. But notice how that has changed in the time. If I don't see you for five months, you know, the next time I see you, it'll be a different experience, you know. Right. But when people use personal bias, they try to use it against who we are, you know. And they try to use it in situations When there is no documentation, like you said. And so when there is no documentation, how can a company, how can anyone or how can we stand against personal bias? Absolutely.
0: And and you have to be an advocate for yourself. That's right. You have to advocate for yourself, you know. When you're looking to you know for a promotion and so forth, look at pay attention to the climate of the of the company. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the core values of the mm. company that you work for, mm-hmm. that mission statement, that vision statement. you know, go on the website, especially for for-profit organizations look at look at different projects and companies that they support. That'll mm-hmm. tell you a whole lot too about the company, yep about That's the it. company mm-hmm. because all of these things help shape the culture and the climate of the company. Wow. And so in order for me to be an employee, I have to subscribe to that in some way Yes. to continue my employment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Come on.
0: Right. I got to be able to subscribe to it. Now, either I'm going to subscribe to it until I get to my next gig or I might really go. And then that's fine. But my now is while I am an employee, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm saying. I'm subscribing to from the organizational culture. Right. Perspective. Exactly. So then you wrap your mindset around that to say what I'm going to tolerate and what I'm not going to tolerate. Mm-hmm. Then the ownership is back on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you know, because I try to tell people that, you know, they feel like they get stuck, um, you know, they're entrapped, they can't go anywhere. No, no, you can. Right. But you gotta step back first.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you have to, you know, you gotta assess the situation. Yep create a plan
1: mm-hmm.
0: and not just a plan because a plan without, I mean, you know, not just a dream, put a plan, a hardcore plan together, align with a timeline. Yes. And as you, as you, you know, you reach those milestones, you check it off because then you're encouraging yourself. You're empowering yourself to go, but you will
1: also notice that your mindset will change. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and, like you said, it's, you also have to, you have to make decision. You have to make a decision exactly on how are you going to effectively navigate through this?
0: Haven't you heard people that they've been on the job for 10 years complaining, complaining. Oh, I hate it here. I just And you say, well, how long have you been here? Mm. 10, 15 years. And you've hated it that long, but you're still here. Mm. After a while, you have to stop pointing the the finger at other people or the or the organization. You got to do like Michael Jackson saying. "I'm looking at the man in the mirror." Mhm-, mhm Mhm. He said, "I'm looking for you to change your ways, not for the other people or the other companies to change their What are you going to do? When are you going to take ownership of it? Take mm-hmm. ownership of your happiness." Stop looking for other people and things to make you happy. You take ownership of your happiness, hmm. and I'm gonna tell you that came for me. That came by experience because I was at a place in my life for a good while where I always had to do things with people. I couldn't do things by myself. I wanted to go shopping, but I had to call a girlfriend or girlfriends to go shopping. If I wanted to go out to dinner, I had to call somebody. Let's go out to dinner. If I wanted to go, but now let me tell you. I just saw American fiction, the movie mm-hmm. by myself early on a Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. got my popcorn com- combo and had a ball all by myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't mm-hmm. have to wait for everybody's schedule. Are y'all available? Can we go through? The-? I wanted to go. I picked the date, the time and had a great time. That's right. You make yourself happy. Hmm. That sounds like recovery to me. Hey, hey, recovery. Look, in that other word you talked about, resilience.
1: resilience.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: You have okay, to. Because you yourself. can't. You can't
0: be. Re, you can't be resilient if you haven't gone through something. Because remember, the resilience is the power to come back. And I tell people, don't just come back. Come back greater. Yeah, come back strong. Come back
1: strong. Mm. Mm. But you know what? You know what? I One thing I've noticed is that people don't know how to be alone. Mm. And it's interesting that even coming off the heels of a pandemic where we were given the time, whether we wanted to or not to really deal with ourselves, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the things that I'm, uh, that, you know, articles that you may read of what's happening in the world or uh, what's happening in your own backyard or in your community or just in your friends and everything, it's it's worse than what it was <laughs> before we were all on punishment, as I like to right. say. You know, we went through a time where, It gave us time to reflect on who we are, on what our goals were. And I know I I even connected with a a few people that were like, you know, I went through the pandemic and I realized that I need to do more things for myself. I need to, you know, you come out with something, like you said, resilient, coming back strong. I'm coming out of this situation with, with a new outlook on life, with a new lease on life. But- For a vast majority of individuals, I feel like a lot of people have taken 10 steps back, you know, and it's almost as if, again, that's why I'm like, what is this new mental state of mind that we as a people are in because we should be back stronger. We should be, hmm. you know, that was times when a lot of things were unearthed. You know, we it was protests going on and, yes. and 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 it was a it was injustices happening and and people were standing up and people in essence were risking their lives. You know, we didn't know what was happening in the world. People walking around with cloth masks and not in forty fives and protesting and 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 using the voice, you know, that we have. But now that that is over and now that the dust has settled, what what are we doing?
0: Yeah, and when you think about what the pandemic did, right, you know, the P word, people often talk about how it caused us to pivot, pivot, Mm. you know, change Mm. a lot and so forth. But also that pandemic exposed a whole lot. Come on, it it exposed it's just like it exposed us on how we deal with ourselves. Yes, it exposed on how we deal with each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think about the children being homeschooled and so many parents who fell apart because they had to help educate on a different level their own children. Mm. They couldn't deal with having so much time with their own children. That's right. It exposed, especially in communities of color, the digital divide. Mm. Everybody didn't have a laptop or a tablet. The assumption that they may have, but COVID exposed it.
1: Mm.
0: So you can't assume. So then we talked about accessibility. We talk about affordability. Which all impacts the mindset. Mm. Mm. You had parents, children who had to become parents, mm-hmm. for younger siblings. Mm-hmm. So now you take thinking about people whose mindset had to change, because my responsibility has now changed. Because mm. not only am I taking care of myself, I got to take care of the responsibility of my younger siblings. Mm-hmm. Wow. So again, your the mindset for everybody from children all the way up until adults and when you think about the mindset even during that time period for older adults and senior citizens well before the pandemic, isolation has always been an issue when we talk yeah. about older Mm -hmm. people right yeah so imagine now how that skyrocketed when you're forced to be in isolation Mm. you were forced it wasn't even an elective you couldn't do this you couldn't have visitors you couldn't go places and they're already trying to deal with isolation and then you put different mandates So you talk about mindset. We're we're still wreaking havoc. Mm. A lot of people have not recovered. And then let's, let's just bring it a little bit further now up into 2024 that we weren't talking about necessarily during the pandemic. We weren't having the conversations as much as we are having now about artificial
1: intelligence,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. AI. Now it's like, we're talking about it. We're talking, about it. It's, it's been going on a long time. Mm-hmm. So now you're introducing something else that's hard to have control over, mm.
1: artificial yes. intelligence. That word control, Ooh. right? Ooh. That takes me back to episode 10. <laughs> hmm.
0: Hmm. Ah. You talk about mindset and doing well for these young people and, and they grew up on social media and mm-hmm. you can't control what somebody posts and pictures they're sharing see it used to be a time you can handle business out in the alley behind after school after three mm-hmm. o'clock we can handle our business on social media at the click of a you know a finger or something Somebody can put a post on about somebody, share Mm -hmm. a picture, you Mm -hmm. know, or distort an image that I don't have control over. Wow. Mm
1: -hmm. So nephew, all I can say. (laughs) Look, you got me over here speechless because (laughs) it's just, it's one of those things where it's just crazy how. How we much more back, can we bring so, to the cookout? Yeah. How much more can you until we decide that we want to recover? <laughs> through through the struggles and mm-hmm. and through all of that, all of this is just a struggle alone. The mind mm-hmm is, uh, you know, is a struggle of itself, especially for those who are very analytical about things and who live here but don't let things out, you know, who, I, who don't feel comfortable. And like you said earlier, this is before we even started recording, and you talked about how people just don't share. They don't use this outlet you know, use their outlet of, of, of having someone that they can talk to to kind yes. of organize yourself. And that's why it is so important that we do seek help from our professionals, you know, yes. and, and, and preferably black professionals, yes. you know, people that understand the struggle. It's so hard, you know, I, I don't. I've never had uh, a white therapist. My therapist is black and she happens to be a woman, you know, but I recall that in my, you know, my younger years when I was in uh, elementary school and, and I was one of those kids, you know, they said I was bad. They, they said I had anger management <laughs> problems. <laughs> they said I was off the hook. They said I used to, argue with the teachers and different things. But, you know, (laughs) my mom may get me for this. But I think it was also one of those things that I was probably emulating my mom because I saw my mom always fight the good fight with people. You know, whether she... (laughs) Her favorite lie is do you have a problem? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I always, <laughs> so I used to say that a lot as a kid, because <laughs> I think it was my mom that kind of gave me the courage to be confrontational with people, but I had to learn how to be confrontational in the most respectful way and not disrespectful. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I think that my mom being a, uh, um, I was with my mom the majority of my life. So, you know, Being that my mom was a single parent, you know, the single mom has to stand up and has to have conversations, you know, and and deal with, again, injustices concerning their children, concerning her, concerning what she needs to do, you know, and whatever issues she was dealing with in the workplace as a black woman, okay? Right. You know what I mean? And so she always was, she was on the defense a lot. You know, but my mom is a great mother, but I find myself, you know, emulating her, you know, those times mm-hmm. when, when I was a mm-hmm. kid, <laughs> yeah, but look at it, we didn't, right. our, uh, black mothers,
0: black fathers, we have to have conversations with our children that other people do not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For example, driving, I have a yeah. son and a daughter having a conversations. If you should get stopped by the police, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Maybe at a certain time you shouldn't take this way home. Consider taking this route home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to have those conversations that other people do not have to have. Let's just keep it real. That's right.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: So we have to equip each other, and that's just not for our children. I have friends. I was like, hey, give me you. We're grown adults send me a text or give me a call to let me know you made it home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not that I need to know your whereabouts, but we got to check in on each other. It's a a different day and time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have, this might be another episode, but human trafficking is real. Mm -hmm. And people, I think oftentimes, they associate it with children. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you, that in may, especially in major metropolitan areas, as well as in rural towns, adults are being kidnapped and taken Mm. not to return adults. Mm -hmm. So these are conversations that we have to have Mm -hmm. to equip and prepare our mindset for a world that is not too kind to us.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I'm and just going to keep it real. I know, but and that's so true. when I, when you talked about the struggle, I'm like, yeah, the struggle is it's still going on. Mm-hmm. But, however, the struggle has evolved. It's taken on a different look. Mm. But the struggle is still there. It's just mm-hmm. evolved. I didn't have to deal with AI, artificial intelligence a few years ago the way I have to now, with hacking, with having conversations about these things before. So Mm -hmm. the struggle is evolving. So now we have to choose how do we manage it.
1: Mm. 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 I see you over there. You know, yeah, I'm over here writing because <laughs> let me see, my, my notepad is full. <laughs> but but again, like you said, these are the conversations that we have to have. We don't want to, I don't understand or, I, or we don't want to talk about it because it was just so forebode, you know, foreboding, forbidden, you know, uh, but these are the conversations that we have to We have, have to have them. We have to have it. Because we have to is...
0: normalize things. Mm-hmm. We, because this we is how have we fall to. into grief. Yes. We have to. Counseling, mm-hmm. we have to normalize it. Therapy, yes. we yes. have to normalize it. Yes. You know, traditionally, many of us grew up in the church and so forth. And it's great, You know, we, you know, to have our faith. But I often heard, just pray about it.
1: Yeah, that, as if
0: mm. God is not a magician you know he's not so, so with that comes action so mm-hmm. it's okay for the pastor or the leaders in the church to say let me connect you with a professional therapist or professional mm-hmm. counselor in addition to the prayer let's make sure you get the assistance the help that you need now mm-hmm. that's what I call real ministry that's it that's it that's ministry. That's ministry mm-hmm. inside and beyond the wall.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. That's ministry. Because, again, like like what I was talking about, even having a black therapist as a kid, dealing with the issues that I was dealing with, that these white people were saying, these white instructors were saying, DiCarlo is this, De Carlo is that, DeCarlo is that to only be where I am now, but it took one person, and I'm going to be honest, she was Caucasian, (laughs) but it took one person to say, no, 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 he needs an outlet. He needs something to do. So what we're doing now is we're classifying. I, even as an educator, and being, you know, in the field as an educator, I've never seen so many kids labeled, autistic on the spectrum. Then they done changed the name of the spectrum and they yes. no more Asperger's and, you know, and then these kids have OCD and how can kids get OCD and, and ADHD. And, you know, uh, uh, it's just all of these different things based off of a score here or a score there. And this is what black people talk about when they say we think that we're doing fine, but then they always move the finishing line. You know yes. what I mean? And so now you're classifying these children, so many black and brown kids, you know, that have these disabilities or these anxiety attacks or the, these, this, and this and that. And granted, there are some children that actually are dealing with some, some yes. neurodivergent issues, okay? But also, what are you creating for the child to have outside of sitting in a classroom all day? if this is an age where we are on the cell phones and we're this and we're that, that's all that they're doing at home. There's nothing that's feeding their mind and feeding right. their senses and, 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 and stimulating them. Now we'll talk about how kids are overly stimulated. Why are they overly stimulated? You know, there has to be a reason why, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So what are you doing for the child that takes them out of, that that era that i need to be tied to an ipad with headphones right you know that i need to be tied to some type of technology and like you said with ai and all of these things that's now being introduced but now these kids who are on these tablets all have issues can't be There, there has to be where are the educators Okay, now this that this is a whole other episode. Yes. (laughs) But but where are the educators that understand children but also understand this child needs a different way of exploring, you know, their mind? Right. They need a different outlet. My teacher, my music teacher, Miss Greenman, said, "Mm mm-mm. Don't take him to the office if there's an incident. Bring him to me. He needs an outlet. He is a creative child. He needs some type of creativity. You know, he needs to do something. He sat for a long time. Now he needs to do something with his hands. He needs to do something with his mind. He needs to be active. So now this goes to the educators. Yes, educators are the lowest paid in the country. Our teachers need to be paid more. You know, you are shaping and molding the minds of great leaders and, and entertainers and people that pull people in and other leaders, but for the majority, for everyone, how are you now sowing into these children's lives? You know, how are you giving them more? And, and it's a lot. You know, because the children spend more time with the educator than they do with their parents. You know, and there was a time too, remember that
0: there was a partnership from the parent, the grandparent. Yes.
1: There were
0: we were it was an educational partnership. Yes. The sole responsibility is not on the teacher. What resources, what support network. Do the educators have the guidance counselors have? You know, if you have to spend ninety percent of your instruction time with disciplining and getting the, and getting the class together, and now eighty percent of the classroom time is gone because you just spent trying. And then when you try to report that to the parent who is in denial, there's no way. There's no way. There's, there's no, no way, way my child could have done. Now, who are you talking? And then, so then they become combative rather than saying, inviting that parent. Come on, come on. Don't, we're not going to tell Pam that you're sitting in the back of the classroom. Just come right. on any given day a couple mm-hmm. of
1: times and observe for yourself. Right, because that's what I grew up with. <laughs> you know I did. Right. And, right, and that was the thing. And so now when, we, when people say, well, why are the teachers not doing this? They don't have support. It was a partnership. Like you said, it's so many factors. <laughs> and we you don't, don't... want to throw in the diet and what we're eating. Oh,
0: see. and I'm how, about to hang and how and We don't even want to talk about that. That's right. Okay. The food additives and all of that in our food and how our diet impacts our thinking, mm. our energy level, our attention span.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You throw all that in the pot. And this is what we're, this is what we're dealing with. <sighs> so when you're in, what is our mindset? Like <laughs> it's easy for us because it's so much going on. It's mm-hmm. very easy to get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to encourage your listeners to do is one. Be true to yourself. That's right. Be true to yourself. Be willing to accept the good, the bad, and the ugly of self. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying of self because that's who you can control. I can look at the good and the bad and the ugly of other things and other situations, but I may not be able to control that. But what I do have control and ownership of Is my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's so powerful when you talk about your mindset and self reflection and what type of things am I going to put in support of my own mindset? That is critical Mm. because that's what's going to help you to manage the struggle.
1: Family, do you advocate for yourself? Have you taken ownership? of your own happiness are you able to identify support systems I challenge you to end the stigma of mental illness for yourself come back strong come back resilient you can recover it all you might join in grieving but you're going to come out healed I love you and Thank you.